fans of the television show Monk will recognize the lyrics from the theme song written by Randy Newman. They say this, it's a jungle out there, disorder and confusion everywhere. No one seems to care, well, I do. And then later in the song he says this, people think I'm crazy because I worry all the time. If you paid attention, you'd be worried too. Uh, Those words seem to resonate right now. According to the American Psychiatric Association, on ordinary times, about 40 million Americans suffer from some form of anxiety disorder, about 18% of the population. Uh, According to an article from Time Magazine, that the primary sources of anxiety deal with health, safety, and finances, all of which are presently uh, threatened by our cultural situation with the coronavirus and then the shutdown through of, of our economy because of uh, isolation in order to uh, fight against the coronavirus. Uh, and so if in ordinary times there are 40 million people or 18% of the population who are experiencing some form of of anxiety, I have to imagine that that number is significantly greater right now because every one of us is being affected, having to isolate ourselves, which is another cause of of anxiety, having to isolate ourselves in order to protect ourselves from a threat of a a virus, and because of that, uh, the shutdown of our economy at the present time. And then in response to the condition of anxiety, we now come to a passage where we hear Jesus say, first thing, don't be anxious about anything. It may feel like a kick in the gut to hear those words uh, because we're facing things that are very real, uh, very frightening, uh, and very uh, unsettling. And then Jesus' words are, don't be anxious about anything seems hard. I think it's important as we consider the words that we recognize this. First and foremost, that Jesus is saying those words with a measure of compassion. It is not a, a hard, uh, harsh tone that he's speaking. He's not saying simply, those of you who struggle with anxiety, stop it. He's saying, as a friend would, to somebody who's worrying, you know, don't worry, and then giving reassurance. It's, it's a reassuring tone that Jesus is speaking with when he's saying, look, don't be anxious. We understand that because of the context. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We also know that Jesus understands that uh, anxiety is is very common. Otherwise, there would be no need to address it. He's addressing it because it is very common at all times, and particularly in stressful times. And so Jesus, like a friend, is coming, and he's saying, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. And then he gives us a couple of antidotes to our anxiety. Now, the first antidote that Jesus gives us in a very real sense is simply this. Uh, If you're feeling anxious, go bird watching. Uh, That seems to be what he is saying in verse 26 when he says, Look at the birds of the air. Uh, They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now, bird watching is not the only thing that Jesus alludes to here. Uh, It's really part of the, the whole nature of the testimony of God's care for creation and the benefit that we get if we are out in creation. Uh, because immediately after he talks about the birds of the air, he then talks about the lilies of the field and how God has provided for them so that they are able to continue to grow and flourish and, and, and show their beauty. But what Jesus is getting at here is that the testimony of creation, the first antidote to our anxiety that Jesus gives us, is to just get outside. 
Watch the birds as they go about their day-to-day business, as they gather for their nest, as they gather for their food, as they gather for their young. Uh, watch the birds as they, as they come and go. There is something that is incredibly peaceful uh, about that. And get outside and garden or get outside and do a, a, a nature walk. These things have an ability to affect the stress levels that we are experiencing. Listen to what noted counselor and author Paul Tripp says about this passage. He says, bird watching is good for the soul. When you're struggling with anxiety, Jesus tells you to look around at creation. Embedded in the physical world are constant theological reminders that God doesn't abandoned the work of his hands. The birds of the air, the flowers of the field, and the countless other living organisms point to the loving care of God. And if God would care that much for birds and flowers, how much more will he care for those who are made in his image? And so the first thing that we want to encourage you today is that if you are experiencing anxiety, if you are feeling the stress, If you are able to, then get outside. Get outside and watch the birds. Get outside into your garden. Get outside and take a nature walk. And if you're unable to get outside because your health won't permit it or there are circumstances that uh, make that prohibitive, or perhaps you live in a a more urban area where uh, nature and creation is, is not all that um, prevalent around you, uh, then I would suggest maybe looking at uh, looking up at Netflix or on YouTube for uh, a guy named Louis Schwartzberg, who is a, a filmmaker, and his works in moving art. It, it's incredible the videography that he has done and, and picking up God's creation and nature and just watching that. And as you see that and are reminded of what Jesus is saying, are you not of more value than that? It's incredible what that does to lower our stress level, if only for a moment. But then Jesus gives us a a second antidote to our anxiety, one that is to be even more deeply embedded within us and something that we are to remind ourselves in over and over again. In, In verse 33 here, at the end of the passage we're looking at this morning, Jesus says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, all the things that he's speaking about are the things that bring us the security. Those things that bring us security are often the things that God provides for us. Our health is a gift from God. Uh, Our ability to work and to labor is a gift from God. Uh, uh, The um, security, family, anything that we have that brings us comfort, they are all gifts from God. And Jesus is saying to his hearers that when you are feeling anxiety, one of the ways in which our anxiety is addressed is by recognizing God's provision. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then the things that we need, the things that bring us peace, they are part of that. It's not a consequence of our doing that. It's just God is faithful regardless of our circumstance. We can't make those things happen, and we're reminded of that at a time like this. But we can do things that will lower our stress level, things that speak to our spirit, and that is seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Now, for us to understand that, we we need a couple of definitions, first and foremost. What is the kingdom of God that we are to be seeking? 
I think the best definition of the kingdom of God is this, is that the kingdom of God is the reign of Christ in the hearts and the lives of His people everywhere. In other words, the kingdom of God that we're to seek has no geographical bounds as it's expressed right now. It's not a particular country. It is anywhere that there are people who have trusted in Jesus Christ and who are guided, directed by the love of Christ and by the laws of God, which are an expression of His love as well. And so wherever the kingdom of wherever wherever Christ is reigning, the kingdom of God is present. Eventually, that will encompass the entire world. But at present, it's within individuals and large pockets of of people. But it is wherever Christ reigns. It's also important that we recognize that the kingdom of God is not just something future. It is present now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand at the time that he had come. It's at hand because he is the king. And as he has come and people follow him, trust in him, believe in him, well, there then the kingdom begins to expand into the lives of the people who are trusting him. And so seek first the kingdom of God is not just waiting for some future rapture or some future state. It's about recognizing that Christ has come, that Christ who died is also raised again, and he is alive and he reigns from the throne at the right hand of God the Father. And so recognizing the kingdom of God that is present now is part of the equation of the antidote for our anxiety. But it's the second part of that that I think that we need to give particular attention to. Because it's not two things, but it's one thing. They go together. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To understand what it is that we are to be seeking, we, we need to understand what righteousness is. And the definition that I use most often that I think is most comprehensive uh, for righteousness is this. Righteousness is right action that is propelled by right belief or right faith. See, it's possible to have faith but do nothing. And the scripture, James most vividly, says that that kind of faith is dead. In other words, people that have their doctrine down, people who can explain every theological concept, but it doesn't become evident in their life either through obedience or for the way that they love others and love their neighbors in practical ways. We're told that kind of faith is dead. It is not righteousness. On the other hand, there are many people who do wonderful things, and they help in very practical ways, but they are not compelled by faith. They are compelled by any number of motives. And while we are the beneficiaries of their participation and their gifts to our humanity, that doesn't meet the definition of righteousness. In fact, the scripture says very clearly, apart from faith, our works are as filthy rags to God. We cannot do enough good things that God would be impressed. Righteousness is faith, believing rightly about God, that propels us into action, obedience, and love for other people. But it's important that we also note this, that what Jesus is saying here is not seek first the kingdom of God and then be righteous and be good. We tend to overlook a, a, a simple but significant word because this passage says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We need to stop and ask ourselves the question, whose righteousness is in view here? It's not ours. We're to ask ourselves what is the righteousness of God? Because the, the, the passage is about God's kingdom and, and about God's righteousness. 
Well, if righteousness is right faith that propels us to right action, the righteousness of God means that we ask, what has God done on the basis of his knowledge, his understanding of the condition of humanity and of the heavens? And here's where we see why this becomes an antidote to our anxiety. Because what here is being presented is an invitation to preach the gospel to ourselves over and over again, to believe again about the righteousness of God, what God did because of our circumstances. The reality is every one of us experiences uh, brokenness in this broken world. Every one of us is born with a condition of sin, and every one of us expresses that in our life in some way or another. God recognizing that reality, and God who is holy and will not allow sin to be in his presence, addressed that issue. He could have condemned the entire world, wiped it out, and started all over again. But rather than that, God chose to act. His faith propelled him into action, and his choice was to not deal with us in our sin as our sin deserved, but rather because he loved us, his action compelled him propelled him to send his only begotten son into the world and that through him that anyone who believes might have eternal life. The righteousness of Jesus, God the Son, was to take flesh on himself, to come to earth, to live the life that we live, except that he lived it perfectly, and then to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin then rise again to demonstrate that he has the right, the authority, and the power over even death itself, and then eventually ascended to heaven from where he rules his present kingdom. You see, the righteousness of God is God's love that has given to people who didn't earn it, didn't deserve it, like us. And Jesus is saying, look, when you're feeling stressed, when you think things are out of sorts, Remind yourself of the righteousness of God, of God's love in action in the person of Jesus Christ. And remind yourself that if he did that for us while we were still his enemies, before we became his people, how much more will he give to those who now belong to him? Romans 5.10 says it very simply. If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. There is no question there is good reason for anxiety. We're living in a broken world and we're living in a cultural circumstance that is, has not been experienced uh, by any of us. But for those who trust in Christ, as good of reason there is for anxiety, there's even greater reason for us to see our anxiety levels to decrease. It's a process. It's not a one-step thing. It's reminding ourselves day in and day out of the grace of God in the person of Christ, the righteousness of God. It may involve taking walks and, and watching as God has provided. But if we participate, if we apply these two antidotes, we will see our blood pressures begin to drop and our anxiety levels begin to decline. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that once again you reveal that you know us, you know our condition, you know our hearts. 
Once again, you demonstrate the love that you have for us as you not only enter in, but you have given us a prescription, a prescription that brings us to you. Lord, grant us faith that is greater than our anxiety. Grant us the joy of being in fellowship with you through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.